This episode of Gruntwork brought to you by Treasure Island Perfume. Arr, the sensual new fragrance for the pirate on the go. Ask for it by name at Ralph Lauren, you scurvy dog. Welcome everybody to Gruntwork. I'm your host, Landon Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman Caps. Yep, and I didn't mean to imply that I'm the host and you are my co-host, that you co-host to me. I, you know, I felt I felt the same way when I did the intro in the last episode where I said, I'm your host, Truman, and then I realized, oh crap, I don't want to imply that I'm in any way above Landon. We're both equals yes, on this Yes, we're show. both the Tim Taylors here. Yes, it's it's too many Tims in the kitchen. Yeah. Two Tims. Or actually, I think, honestly, I think we're a couple of Al's. We're a couple of Al's, for we're, sure. We're, too, yeah. we're, we're endlessly deferential to each other and uh, very, very cautious. Neither one of us is going off half-cocked about this. We haven't glued ourselves to anything so far. That's true. So far. We haven't <laughs> It's, it's only episode 16 out of 200 and some, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of opportunity to glue ourselves to something. Do you think by the end of the show, actually, have an, I, have t- I have two questions yeah. about by the end of the show, one more serious than the other. Do you think that by the end of doing this podcast, we will both have become Tims? Mm-hmm. Do you think that Tim will have rubbed off on us? That's the first question. Yeah. You- uh, the, that's a good question. Um, I would say I'm more susceptible to being rubbed off on by another character. I wish I'd phrase that a little I differently. Wish, I wish you had, too. Oh, man. My name's on this thing, also. You're susceptible to being rubbed off on by... Uh, probably... I'd say probably Wilson. Yeah. Uh, or maybe Al. Or I don't know. Maybe it's just because I associate more with them now that I am... It's wishful thinking. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? I, I might... I, I think I might turn into more of a Randy by the end of it. Oh, or, a little rascal. Yeah. Or or I might become Brad. Who knows? No. Brad is I don't know what Brad, I can't describe you're gonna I, I be guess a hopeless that, you're not even a hopeless romantic you're just gonna, you're gonna be a lady killer yeah well that's the, well right. that's the thing well no that's that's Jenny Zdarsky's dad is the lady killer that's Robert Durst. Oh, yeah Robert Durst. uh no yeah okay if I become like Brad that means I will date a girl at some point in the next couple of years so that might be that might be well, now, hold on wait a minute why do you get the hog Brad all of a sudden I want that all now <laughs> no, no, you want to be Brad we'll both be Brad we'll both transition from owls into Brads the other question yeah. that I have. Uh, what I've noticed so far, editing the episodes and just kind of looking back over everything we've done, mm-hmm. is that we both seem to like this show a lot. We both enjoy Love it. Love this show. I, I, when the theme song starts, I'm just happy, I, and the show mm-hmm. brings me joy. We've watched 16 episodes of it now. Yeah. Do you think there's gonna come a point where, because like right now, everything we're seeing in season one, this is all original. It's yeah, all the it's first all time a show has done this. Right. Also, we haven't really watched the show in 10, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, it's new in that I haven't seen it in 20 years. Do you think that as the sh- like as the show goes on, it's going to start repeating itself? Do you think we're going yeah. to start liking the show less once we have seen these same... Because they're going to... Once we've seen these same things mm-hmm. repeated over and over again, yeah. it's going to become less fun for us. And by the end of it, it is going to become more of a slog. I'm going to... Respond this way, and it with is, a song. It is thus, I believe. Um, no, uh, I I foresee having like an actual relationship with the show in that it's going to wax and wane a little bit. Uh, <laughs> as, as the Brad of the group, I know a lot about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I can see getting a little tired of some of the antics at some point. I, I haven't hit that point yet. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know what those antics would be should they come, uh, should there come a time that I do tire of them. But um, what I am hoping for is that if those do happen, that it'll deepen my appreciation and love for the show and that by the end of it, the show and I will be different entities but respect each other and if we're ready to let each other go, we'll be able to do so in a respectful way, or we will be able to stay together forever. That's really beautiful. So you're saying that your love, like right now, your love for home improvement is very hot and very passionate because yeah. everything is new and exciting, and you just can't keep your hands off home improvement. Right. By the end of the series, your love will have grown into a more holistic kind of respect for what home improvement is and for what you and home improvement have gone through together over time and what you've built together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's really sweet and beautiful. I hope that my relationship with home improvement follows that same course <laughs> till till cancellation do us part. Till cancellation do us part, yes. Yeah. So we watched an episode of Home Improvement today. We did. Uh, and, called Jill's Birthday. And and this this episode, uh, interestingly enough, is actually about Brad's birthday. Don't know why they called it that. 
no. Well, before we go into it, I mean, this yeah. isn't even like a, a point in the episode that we have to discuss, but um, apparently Mark is now seven. So we mixed somewhere in the mix of the, the episodes. We missed Mark's birthday because he was oh. six earlier in the season and now he's seven. Yeah. Okay. So we did skip a birthday, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I honestly, I would bet you that, that the actor playing Mark, whose name is, let's roll the jackpot. Taryn Noah Smith. Boom. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, this slot machine analogy won't make sense. <laughs> uh, so I think Taryn Noah Smith yeah. uh, is probably eight at this point. I think he's probably aging mm. even faster than this character can. Mm-hmm. And so the producers made the choice to just screw it. Just just blow past his birthdays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it'd be impossible to keep up with that every yeah. time. Um but yeah, this is Jill's birthday. Yeah. We don't know exactly how old she's turning. Um, well, a lady never tells. And <laughs> a gentleman true. never asks. That's very true. Uh, well, but why don't you give us the rundown of the, the brief synopsis of what, what's going on here? Okay. Well, uh, so it's Jill's birthday. And maybe that comes as a surprise to you. And it also comes as a surprise to Jill's husband, uh, Tim. What's his name? Oh, Tim. Tim. Right. Yes, Tim. That's that's the one. Uh, well, how come Jill is Tim's wife? Why can't why can't uh, Tim be Jill's husband? Yeah. You know, equality. I, I'm all for that. Uh, so it's it's her birthday, and Tim has of course forgotten this. And for much of the episode, Tim is struggling to figure out what he's going to get for Jill. He can't figure it out. And unlike a lot of TV shows where the husband is trying to keep a secret about this that he doesn't know, Jill from pretty early on susses out that Tim. Almost forgot her birthday were it not for the boys reminding him. And that Tim has no idea what to get her. Right. And she has more or less accepted this. And is just trying to coach him on, just don't get me a power tool. Just get me something that you that comes from the heart. And Tim cannot figure this out. Uh, also, Tim and Al on Tool Time have gone to some town in Michigan. I didn't catch the name of the town. I, something, something Township. Okay, neither of okay. us paid attention to this. They've gone to uh, the house of some Tool Time fan to uh, expand his living room. Uh, this Tool Time fan, who goes by the name Inc., he needs his living room, uh, he needs some part of his house ripped out so his living room can be expanded. Tim and Al back their big truck into... Well, Tim does. You're right. Tim <laughs> backs his big truck into the house while Al cautions him not to do that. So that happens. And and the boys buy Jill some perfume called yeah. Treasure Island. Yeah. And that's about that's about it. That's yeah, kind of exactly. the, the gist of the episode. Right. Um, I'm going to say, and I think I say this a lot, this is one of those episodes where they kind of were spinning a lot of plates. A lot of things going on at once, yeah. And if they just picked one plate and really spun the crap out of that plate, I yeah. think this episode would have been good. Yeah, agreed. I agreed. I didn't think it was bad necessarily, but no, there, there, wasn't, was uh, there wasn't any like huge belly laughs for me. Um a lot of a lot of chuckles, but no like yeah. No, I, nothing killed me in yeah. this one. No, not even belly chuckles. Just just garden variety chuckles. <laughs> What I know, what I made note of in this episode, per this notion that they're spinning a lot of plates, is that there are a lot of transitions in this episode. Yes, and there were. I noticed there were a bunch in the last one too, and to to the idea of things that we're getting tired of, this does not bode well. I'm already getting a little tired of the transitions. Uh oh. I know, I know. This is not. I, I realize this is the episode. Like, oh god, this is going to be a long couple. Maybe. Of years. Would, do you think your opinion will change if the quality of the the graphics like improve? Maybe so. Or the I'm, cleverness of them because they weren't very clever. They were pretty on the nose in this episode. Yeah, yeah Like but, one kind of wraps into a candle. That was the one a that, birthday candle, and it's just like, oh, that okay. was the one that got me. And that's what I noticed because when we. We get we get like some kind of like weird heart transition yeah. to go to one other scene, and then we're in that scene for like three minutes, and then we get some weird transition to go to another scene yeah. where they're like they've got birthday candles, and then we're in that scene for like a minute and a half, and then it's a birthday candle transition, right? And it's you, you know yeah, do your wacky transitions, but give give us some time to breathe in the scenes. But <laughs> right. it felt almost like they were purposefully writing short scenes just so they could cram in more transitions. <laughs> As though Focus sure, yeah. said they like the transitions more than the things they're transitioning to. <laughs> right. Well, maybe yeah, maybe it's the producers and the editors being kind of having puppy love for these uh, you know new found transitions that they feel like are breaking ground and so they're doing way too many of them at once and you know they'll back off at a certain point or you know uh maybe maybe it'll be a case of they'll run the well dry pretty quickly and be forced to come up with super creative stuff uh in order to maintain the integrity of the scene transition that they've set up 
I'd like to believe that's what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not sure how much faith I have. Yeah. Or are they just going to start repeating themselves upon like endless variations of a saw cutting a screen in half? That seems more like what a sitcom would do. And I think that's, <laughs> that's what we're going to get. But it, speaking of sitcoms, yeah. unless, did you have more on that? No, 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 I didn't have any more on that. Speaking of sitcoms, we have the perfect, uh, uh, this is like sitcom writing 101 mm-hmm. set up for the problem of this episode that needs to be solved this is the most this is the sitcomiest uh problem that anyone has ever had yeah so once tim learns it's uh jill's birthday which we'll come back and unwrap a little bit of that but um he comes down and asks her what what she wants as she's jazzercising and he takes this as um i'm going to get her uh, exercise uh a lifetime exercise uh gym membership gym membership good lord i couldn't think of that (laughs) i'm so averse to exercising and i'm like i don't know i I just blocked out the words i I got her a box full of exercise just raw (laughs) uncut pure exercise pure exercise um and then she comes down sore from jazzercising the day before she's like i am never exercising again uh before obviously he can give her the thing and like that's Total classic sitcom writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Tim has a problem. I can't get her the thing that I was I thought was brilliant. And yeah, I do want to say, <laughs> uh, my parents almost exclusively. I'm not gonna. They ask me what I want, and they buy me what I ask for, mm-hmm. uh, rather than putting thought into getting a gift for me. I, the, in the last like I don't know five ten years, they have actually put in some really thoughtful ideas into like one big gift but most of the time i'm buying my own stuff by telling them what i want well you're i mean you're telling them what you want then you don't have to pay for the stuff true but it's it's also like you know it's nice to have that thought so i'm kind of on team jill here where it's like i would rather you not spend any money on anything and get me something that shows that you were thinking about me and you know putting yourself in my shoes and having some compassion and empathy uh rather than just like here's another thing that you don't really need but are kind of interested in yeah i'm i think a little bit on team tim here purely because i'm so bad at Mm. getting gifts for people landon it was your birthday recently and (laughs) there's no reason to bring that up (laughs) i'm just saying a i didn't realize it was happening until very close to the date because you're good at hiding it b i thought oh shit i need to get landon something oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god and then i just kind of choked on it entirely (laughs) So what I'm saying is, I think I benefit a lot from the fact that the people in my life who I love are kind of low-key about gift-giving in general, and I think that Tim probably wishes that that were the same situation for him. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah. your presence here on this podcast is all the gift that I need. Oh, stop it. That's You're, you're too kind, <laughs> but I'm going to hold you to that, and I also didn't get you a card. <laughs> so, well, let's start with this a little bit at the very beginning. I think Randy has some really great moments uh, at the outset of this episode uh, giving Tim some crap about oh <laughs> uh, forgetting uh, Jill's birthday, so Randy kind of orchestrates this little um, this little communication between Tim, who's like, I can't I can't remember how it came about, but Randy goes, uh, oh well, you know, for Mom's birthday on Saturday, yeah, and Tim's like, right, Jill's birthday, of course totally having forgotten. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to do all this stuff on Saturday. It's going to be great. And Randy's like, don't, don't you think she's going to be sad? Well, why? Because her birthday's actually on Friday. <laughs> oh, God. It was one of those moments where Randy's Randy's little rascally character really uh, resonated with me this time. Yeah. but Sometimes when it works, it works great. Yeah. And when they're forcing it with a kind of shoehorned in knock-knock joke yeah, right. uh, or something about the undersnaker, it's just not as good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's this the back and forth. I've said it a million times that it's uh, when he's sparring with Tim that it's that they're at their best, and mm-hmm. that, or at least Randy's at his best, and um, he's at full force in this episode. I feel like yeah, well, it's because he yeah he knows he has something over Tim in this moment. <laughs> right. Also, good on these kids for knowing when their mom's birthday is. Yeah. I I mean, it took me a long time to figure out when my mom's birthday was. <laughs> I, well, I was never the kid who, like, I I, I'm, I get my parents' gifts now, but for much of my life, I didn't. When I was a kid, I wasn't yeah. getting them birthday gifts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I am kind of a shitty son, to be perfectly honest. I don't know that I get them. I get them a lot of Christmas presents. I don't think I really get them birthday presents. Yeah. That's pretty bad of me, isn't it? I well, yeah. The, welcome to the <laughs> Only Child Guilt uh, podcast. <laughs> Where, where you I send s- them a card. I give, I call them. Oh, I send them cards. I call my parents every week. Yeah. Uh, 
no, I think I think we're pretty good children. I think we're okay. Let's just talk ourselves into feeling okay with our lives. Mom, Dad, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that that uh, that I love you and that I'm eating plenty of vegetables and uh, and I don't smoke that much pot. So we're just we're good. Yeah, no, but they know, and I, I did. I actually wrote that note that oh, good on good on Randy for actually knowing when Jill's birthday is at, for at such a young age, at like what eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, well, he he knows uh, he ha- he has to know where everybody stands. He has to have a little dirt on everybody just so he can. <laughs> right, he, it's all part of his information uh, blackmailing. Yeah, dossier. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, Landon, but uh, knowledge is power. I actually coined that phrase. <laughs> that's me, and I think that that's sort of I think Randy lives by sure. by that belief. Um, well, another th- kind of interesting thing is that Jill um, is apparently either a Capricorn or an Aquarius. Because her birthday's in January. That's a thing. That's good to know. Uh, I don't know what each horoscope exactly means, so I can't pinpoint which uh, which I think she is. Do we want to guess what it means? <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. What What do you think? Uh, I think wh- that... Uh, aqu- aqu- which one do you think she is, I and think she- what do you think defines her as that? I think she's an Aquarius, uh-huh. and I think that Aquarii uh, have... A tendency toward being very patient, uh, incredibly patient, and uh, uh, forgiving of certain shortcomings in the people who they love. They, but then the downside to being an Aquarius is that you don't really understand that uh, muscle pain is a part of establishing a healthy workout regimen, and you can't really puss out <laughs> after freaking one day of jazzercising. All right. I'm going to go the opposite direction and say she's a Capricorn. And that a Capricorn is really independent, uh, in touch with her sexuality. Yeah. And um, the downside of it being she's a little elusive in terms of what she wants. Oh, that is. She's a little elusive. She's a little elusive. I think that's good. I All think right. we could put this in the newspaper. Here's another thing. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole fact that it's Jill's birthday comes up because Tim is picking up firewood in the backyard for Jill mm-hmm. because Jill is cold. The boys suggest, why don't you get her a heater for her birthday? Yeah, that's she's when... always cold. We've yeah. even had an episode where it starts with her being cold. Yeah, yeah, T- typical. That's that's. <laughs> I think also what they say about Aquarius is. Uh, so from from this, from them saying get her a heater for her birthday, Tim realizes, oh crap, it's her birthday. What I'm hung up on is, wait, you live in Michigan in the winter, you don't have a heater. You're just relying, <laughs> you're relying on on a fireplace to heat your entire house. You that, ha- no, that makes sense because um, my mom was always cold and she carried a little uh, space heater, like a little foot heater with her everywhere she went. Really? Yeah, she had one um, under her desk at work. She carried one, uh, I'm sure she had, this is going to sound very stereotypical, uh, housewifey, that she wasn't, she she had a full-time nine-to-five job. She was a badass working woman. Yes, but the patriarchy but, means women have to both work and then do the jobs around the house. Exactly. So she had one that she kept by her feet at the ironing board. Oof. <laughs> and when she was cooking... She kept her, uh, there was a little heater right underneath our kitchen sink oh. that uh, busted out some hot air. So she always stood in front of that and um, also thought out our meat. Now I'm realizing why our dinners weren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, all of the all of the meat tasted like her feet smelled. Which was... Well, I've never smelled my mom's feet. Good. Not a... <laughs> Excellent. Not a direction... Uh, that I ever explored. Maybe, maybe for her next birthday, uh, don't do that. Just keep not smelling your mom's feet. You heard it here first, mom. That's my present to you, uh, this November. I'm not going to smell your feet. Oh, your mom's birthday's in November? Yeah. Oh, my birthday's in November. I know. You should not smell my feet in November. I can't make any promises. That's... (laughs) You are not my mother. Well, folks, it's been a great (laughs) podcast. This is, this is clearly where it has to end. So... Tim goes inside talking to Jill. Yeah. Jill very quickly surmises that Tim has completely forgotten her birthday is coming up. Yeah, and she does the same goof that Randy does, which I thought was pretty it was, great. It was a brilliant joke. There, there was a moment there where I thought Randy had even mastermind one step further, because when he goes in and says that, oh yeah, your birthday's on, Tim's telling us to Jill, hey, your birthday's on Friday, uh, you're super excited, and Jill goes, oh, my birthday's on Saturday, I thought that Randy had... Pre, you know, did a double switch, you know, Princess yeah. Diary, uh, uh, Princess Bride style, yeah. the poison cup maneuver. I think the Princess Diaries maneuver is where you're <laughs> accidentally, you discover that you are uh, royalty. 
even though you're just a nerdy girl in New York, and then later win an Academy Award. <laughs> but then, but then all of Hollywood fandom turns against you for some reason because you're not as cool effortlessly as Jennifer Lawrence is, which seems kind of unfair to me. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, I have opinions about Anne Hathaway that we don't really need to go into on the air. I just, oh, I well, you know what? I just, I think, she, I think she's lovely. I think she's wonderful. I yeah, think she's, she seems you know, like a great person. I want to hang out. Very with. nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't even mean that in a weird pervy way. I mean, no, she's no yeah, Scarlett likewise. Johansson, but... Okay, we're off track. <laughs> Jill's birthday. Jill's birthday. Well, let's pause for a second. I don't know if you noticed... We just paused! We just... Oh, okay. Right. okay, but no, let's keep pausing. I'm just saying. <laughs> let's, uh, let's inception these tangents here. Um, did you see on the back of the couch this weird, like, science experiment-y thing going on? Was it like long tubes? There were like these weird like, science tubes. I couldn't figure out what was happening there. Science tubes is going to be my new go-to instead of the Large Hadron Collider when I talk about technology. <laughs> uh, no, I did see that towards the end of it. It was very distracting. I didn't yeah. know if it was like a leftover Christmas decoration or what it was it, supposed to be. I have no idea. It was just kind of this weird, like almost modern art-ish sort of thing that I feel like everything on the that uh, that little shelf on behind the couch. Changes from episode to episode. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. they're doing some sort of uh, subconscious uh, message, subliminal messages or something. I, I, th- I think just the set dressers need to find a reason to justify their hours on set. So they keep, <laughs> they keep rotating stuff out. There you go. Yeah, so we find out in this uh, scene that uh, the past couple presents that Tim has gotten for Jill has been the uh, pressurized window washer. Which shattered a window, but as Tim points out, made all the shards very clean. <laughs> Which is a really funny point. That really funny point. Um, ah, eh, you got it. Yeah, yeah that's it good. Is. That's solid. It's, really, it's, it's goofers. <laughs> um, and then the other one, he called a nub removal, uh, nub remover, which the mind boggles. I actually have a theory as to what it is, though. I'm surprised that Jill doesn't know what it is. If it's the thing, I think it is. Uh, wow, I just put my own brain in a pretzel there. Um, you know when you are wearing like a uh, uh, hooded sweatshirt mm-hmm. or even um, some sort of like nylon jacket that has the cuffs and after a while it starts to get like kind of – but you know, you get those little um, – I don't even know what you were – how to describe them. Just like the cotton or the fabric starts to like uh, beat up a little bit. There's You get these little nubbins everywhere. Yeah. There's these things that you rub across the fabric that kind of – pull those things off of uh your your cuffs and your shirts to get the nubbins to get the nubbins yeah to just that's harvest a, all those sweet sweet nubbins <laughs> that's what i think this thing is but it would shock me to find out that jill doesn't know what that is it it, it would it, it looks like it looks like it's a pretty intense nubbin remover i mean it yeah. looks like part blender part iron part, well yeah. I, I don't even know what it is i actually have one that is only about 3 inches long we're talking about <laughs> Your nubbin is three inches long, is what you're saying? No, just keep going, Landon. Tell me about your three-inch nubbin. <laughs> oh, folks. It's Jill's birthday, Landon, and here we are. Here we are denigrating the holiday like this. Oh, bitch. We're bad. We're bad guys. No, Our parents should be ashamed of us. Uh, well, maybe your nubbin remover that you have, maybe it is only a couple inches long, maybe it's small and convenient, but the one that, yeah, this is the 90s, they were much larger, like how big the cell phones were back then, of course their nubbin removers are going to be larger. <laughs> so, the point is, Tim has never really gotten Jill a gift that she likes. Yeah, right. And cannot, for the life of him, think of what to get her, and Jill... Doesn't even really seem that upset about this, but she's just is saying, just just get me something from the heart. Just close your eyes and think about me and get me whatever that makes you think of. And Tim, oh, well, was, uh, yeah, th- think of something that comes from the heart. And Tim closes his eyes and says, arteries. <laughs> uh, which which I feel like it, a decent-ish joke that is mainly there to, to set up then a beating heart transition right. to the set Yeah, that was the line. other transition that was like a little... The, the entire screen throbs outward and it's like... Thoop, 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 yeah. And then sort of condenses Contracts into a heart. into a heart, yep. And like a human heart, not like one of a Valentine heart. No, it goes into a Valentine. It doesn't... Was it? It, it doesn't turn into a human heart. Like, I thought it was going to do that. It was that. dripping blood. It was like... Yeah, sitting yeah. Sitting in a cooler of ice. Yeah, a lot of cholesterol just, just around <laughs> in and around it. Um... <laughs> You have a better memory than I do. I, I I do I do, or at least a or at least a less vivid tolerance for gore. <laughs> yeah, we go into tool time yes. at this moment, and uh, we are introduced almost immediately to Eugene. Eugene 
Ink. Eugene Ink, who goes by the nickname Ink. <laughs> I am so I have so many questions yeah. and so much confusion about this dude. It's Ink. very bizarre, because this is like the way that the tool time segment is handled in this episode is very slapshod. This is the only scene, even though we see this guy's house and we see uh, Tim demolish the house. This is the only time we see the character, uh, who is incidentally played by a character actor named uh, Patrick Thomas O'Brien, who was in Pat uh, was in Benjamin Button, Catch Me If You Can, Pleasantville. Hmm. He's another one of these kind of like he's got, he's got a look. Yeah, exactly. He's got this kind of Poindexter look to him. So we see this guy in one scene. Yeah. And the and so we know that that he needs some work done in his house, and Tool Time is going to do a live segment where they do it. Yeah. Most of what we learn about Ink, though, is that he's got a wife, and his wife, wait for it, folks, is fat. He's got a fat wife. How funny is that? That this because he's he's thin and tall and lanky yeah. and geeky. Yeah, and yeah. his wife is just like so fat, you guys. It's a, just, she's fat. I mean, we never see her, but we see a yeah. lot of people reacting to how fat she is. Yeah, because he shows Tim and Al pictures of her at a certain point. And uh, we don't get to see them, but Al, he, he, the producers of the show also, like, another example of them just being completely inept at their job, let this guy just kind of run amok on the set going, you know, Tim's guiding him away. He's like, okay, thanks, Inc., for coming by. We'll see you next week when we do the thing. He's like, well, you know, hold on a second. Al, you'll find this interesting. Uh, my, you know, my wife, this is her on a slip and slide. We call her Pink because she, I can't even remember the reason. It was I, like I, a really dumb joke. I don't. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just, and if his wife played into the episode or he shouldn't have to appear on screen but if that had just come back up later that's like oh don't yeah. say make comments about his wife or his <laughs> wife saying but it's not ink and his wife have nothing to do with the rest of the episode but there's like an extended yeah. two minutes of goofs just on the fact that oh there's a fat woman in his life right but it was funny there's a moment when uh he goes over to al and al's like i don't know what to do with this information and he like looks at the camera where i got a sense that the actor was like pulling a Crispin Glover character and like he's going off script and he's just <laughs> he's developed his own backstory and he's bringing it to the set not even of tool time I almost want to say the character or the actor is bringing it to the the filming of home improvement and not Al but Richard Karn is looking at the camera like what the f- what am I supposed to do here the, the, this guy's like I'm I'm so unbecome a recurring guest on this show I know I can do it <laughs> Richard Karn was able to turn a recurring guest spot into a featured role. I'm going to do the same. He set the standard, yeah. Yeah. All these jokes about my fat imaginary wife. Uh, and maybe, the, maybe, maybe that's why they didn't have him back for remaining uh, scenes, because he's like... I don't know. This is well, a it, theory that doesn't hold a lot of water, but I no. I mean, that could that could make sense. Like they needed him for that, and then after his antics on set, they were like, "Okay, enough of this guy. Let's get him out." Yeah, Actually, I, we read we read the actor's name on air. Maybe I shouldn't. We shouldn't cast aspersions on his professionalism. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I mean, he's obviously had a very storied career. Or storied. He has a very prolific career at yeah, this storied, point. Storied also would work. Storied. Uh, but I am wondering if. Um, because when we get to the next scene of Tool Time, there is this weird, like, added bit of dialogue that Tim says, and it, it's almost throwaway, where he's like, if he's not here in ten seconds, we're going to go ahead and do this anyway. Yeah, they, they like, make excuses for yeah, why he's not and it, there. it almost felt like the writers, you know, covering their tracks for, you know, maybe something happened to the actor and he couldn't return to finish up the role. Um, but I actually thought that that moment was going to go... Um, that they were going to demolish the wrong house. Oh, that would have been yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that um, I I definitely expected it to mean something that that ink wasn't there at yeah. the house, but and uh, then it's all wrapped up the the which we never really find out what happens to his house. The this story, this B story, is wrapped up by a phone call. Uh, ink calls Tim at his house. Why not just call Tool Time? I don't yeah. get that. Um, but. He calls him and Tim's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get this squared away for you next week, and everything will be good." And the conversation sounds pretty casual. Yeah. Like there's not really a whole lot of agitation because Tim backed a truck into this guy's house and demolished his entire entryway. One other thing to mention about this: so the whole scene at Tool Time with Ink is really just to set up that they're gonna go to his house, go and on location. Be, they, he doesn't even talk about. 
birthdays or anything like that. He doesn't talk about it. Yeah, no, he doesn't stuff. do a little soapbox moment or anything. So, Ink... Well, he does a little bit. Oh, does he? Yeah. Does he? <laughs> well, <laughs> never mind. We'll just pretend he doesn't. Okay. Uh, so, the main the main thrust of this, of this Tool Time segment is Ink coming on, establishing, oh yeah, we need some work done in the house, and then Ink sharing a bunch of stories about his wife... And then he goes over to Al to share another story and is talking about, oh, this is this is a picture from her of her uh, out on the slip and slide and all these jokes just about how, you know, big she is and she gets running and, like, knocked all these kids over, which is just another kind of cheap gag. But then that leads us to get another transition where a slip and slide rolls into the screen down yeah. the Z-axis and, like... A this very pur- unnecessary transition, I felt like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then this purple figurine of this large woman just comes careening at the screen and yeah. there's a crash. Yeah. And in the commercial, yeah, in the commercial, and then back to you know, and then back to another scene where we have another transition a minute later. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm giving this. I know that I've been very pro tool time segments in the past, but I'm giving this tool time uh, B plot uh, two thumbs down. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna abstain from rating it, but I agree, uh, two thumbs down. Oh. Do, you do the math on that one. Uh, I well, a I'm not very well qualified for that. <laughs> That's why I thought I could pull it over on you. I, okay, then yes, I guess everything you said there was perfectly correct and makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that transition leads us into um, another Brad and Randy tormenting Mark scene, which we've got the um, the Big Brother tax. Yeah. So Mark is counting his money uh, to to buy. Jill a present for her birthday. Mark and Randy. I'm sorry, Brad and Randy. Brad and Randy. There's a callback to an older episode. Yeah, that Um, that, that joke really stuck, too. (laughs) You know what? It's stuck in my head, because every time I think of Brad and Randy, now I'm singing that song. You're you're saying, okay, then then we'll bring it back. See androids fighting, Brad and Randy. (laughs) Rocky Horror Picture Show. I actually don't know the rest of the song. It's, um, it's good. It's, as someone who doesn't really like musical theater, it yeah. is a good musical song. I love the, the movie. I just don't know the lyrics. Very oh, well. I have a weird thing. I can't ever remember lyrics. Oh, that's stupid. Well, yeah. I'm doing, I'm like, the, the line isn't Brad and Randy, so yeah, it's like. Right, I mean, Brad and Janet. I know that yeah. much. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so they, apparently, Brad and Mark. I have trouble with the actor names. You have trouble with the character names. Apparently, Brad and Randy, uh, have spent all their money on these baseball cards trying to collect the Detroit Tigers infield uh, lineup. What, and what a 90s thing to spend your money on I know. baseball well, cards. Well, to be honest, if you're ever going to spend your money on Detroit Tiger baseball cards, it was probably the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s Tiger lineup. Well, wouldn't it be better to spend the money on them now that they're like rare cards? No, I think it would have been best to spend the money then and sold it before the 1994... Um, uh, Shut down. They didn't play baseball. MLB didn't exist in 1994. Oh, really? Uh, and that's basically when baseball card prices started dropping. Oh. I, I, I just collect old VHS tapes, so I don't really have any, any <laughs> useful information on this. Uh, so, but yeah, they, they have spent their money on these baseball cards, and then they have no money to buy anything for their mom. Yeah. So they go to uh, Mark mm-hmm. and tell him about the the Big Brother tax. Yeah, right. Uh, now that you're old enough, now that you're seven, which is when we learn he's seven years old, uh, and you look like you saved up enough money, you know, now you can start paying us the big brother tax. And I gotta say, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I know that this isn't Tim Allen's influence, but at the same time I'm thinking like, oh, look at that, the working man is just trying to have his money, and then the government comes in, (laughs) inventing these taxes. Hey, I'm the IRS. How, How much do you have to pay? I don't know. How much have you got? You know, doing these little uh, these little cons on him. Yeah. So the, the note that I made was uh, hashtag taxation is theft. So uh, <laughs> do do with that what you will. There's not much that happens there. They chase Mark upstairs. Mark actually hands over his money. Like, why haven't you learned yet, Mark? He's such a pushover. Well, and when this comes back later, mm-hmm. they've they've expedited the process of how these beats play out yeah. a little bit. They've skipped a step and just moved it along. Yeah, exactly. There was no telling the parents. It was just yeah, straight. It's just like, hey, folks, you know what yeah. Mark's going to do next. Let's just you know. Which was kind of a funny. I thought it was a funny callback uh, that I didn't actually expect to be readdressed in the episode. Like toward the end, Tim is standing there with Mark as. Brad and Randy are on the couch, and he's like, so, this Big Brother tax, and they're like, "We, you know, have you ever heard of the Big Brother tax? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, have you ever heard of the Angry Father tax? <laughs> um, and then he, the, the appropriation is that they're going to be giving 
mark their allowance for the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no, their allowance is going straight to Mark for the next right. two weeks. So, I mean, he's just block granting it basically straight to, straight to them. Well, I, the way that I saw it was that he was going to give Brad and Randy their allowance and make them give it to Mark oh, as a sort cool. of like, Psychological. Exactly, yeah. Learn your lesson. Because you could just like, hey, Mark, here's your $5 back. I see. Uh, but you're not going to learn your lesson unless it's been given. That's the way I took it. And no, that's the way that I probably would do it as a father. That, that's actually how I would do it, too. It would yeah. probably cause them a little more psychological damage long term. <laughs> but that's that's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. But then this is where we see uh, Jill doing uh, jazzercise. Yeah. I love this scene because so we, we come into this, uh, we, we come into, the, come into this scene and Jill is, you know, do, get running in place and doing all these all these moves with her arms to the to the yeah, Jane Fonda like, workout. Scissor arm, yeah, 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 yeah. Doing the Running Man. Yeah. And Tim comes in and is talking to her, and Tim starts doing the jazzercise alongside her as they <laughs> right. talk. And I just enjoyed that. That was just yeah. cute and fun, and or I I liked yeah. I, I liked seeing him taking part. It shows a lot about their character. Yeah, exactly. It was a good uh, example of them kind of playing off each other in the kind of playful marriage that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Even in talking about such a <laughs> kind of a sticky subject as what to get your wife. And I think Jill actually gives a pretty good bit of advice that there are always exceptions to, but she says, never get your wife something they can plug in. That's, that's pretty smart. Yeah. I think that's a great, I, for me personally, when I give gifts, I like to give experiences if that makes that sounds a little pretentious. No, it doesn't sound. No, it's, no, me. no. That's good. Um, it's like I, you can get things. I mean, look around my bedroom here. I've got so many things, just loaded with things. It's just I got books and DVDs and TV and just I got a box of cassette tapes here. Things on things on things. <laughs> yeah, like when I want to give something to somebody, I want them to have. A, I wanted to like create a memory. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of. I think that this is just reinforcing Jill's. Thing it was like yeah you can get something that plugs in and it'll break in ten years and it's a thing that you don't have to get attached to and you'll forget about it on your deathbed yeah what you you should give someone an experience not a thing unless that experience has taken them to see the movie the thing (laughs) yes sir which would be a pretty cool birthday gift yes it would okay fine I'll look into tickets (laughs) God. This is this is why this is why all my friends in college told me never get a podcast co-host. It's just a regular ball and chain. Um, but did you notice in this the scene where after Jill stops um, jazzercising and they're just kind of talking, jazzer talking, yeah, jazzer talking. There, Tim is like staring off screen, and until Jill also looks off screen, I couldn't tell what the hell he was looking at. He was like a weird eye line. I just thought he was like kind of staring off into space, and then she starts staring off into space. And then it wasn't until we got the reverse shot of the Jazzercise tape that I'm like, oh, got it. He's looking at a Jazzercise girl. Jill is asking yeah. him, like, am I, am I still as beautiful as I was back in college <laughs> when you met me? My accent's slowly getting a little more nuanced as Truman does more of these episodes. Like, am I still as beautiful as I was back then? Right. And, and Tim just kind of goes, yeah. Or something, and we're. I I didn't. I I picked up on it because we're hearing the sound of the jazzercise tape mm-hmm. in the background. But then we get this reverse shot of him looking at one of these women in leotards yeah. on on the screen, and he he said, just says you. Oh, you, you want me to look like that for my birthday? And he says, no, I want you to look like that for my birthday. <laughs> and, which just like, Tim, dig yourself a deeper hole, Seriously. bro. It even still kind of made me chuckle a good. little bit. It's funny. I, yeah. I felt bad for the laugh. But it still got a laugh out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's basically the end of that scene. We go back... Uh, and there's another heart transition out of that one. <laughs> Just never ending. So we cut back to a scene back at home, and Tim's kind of giving... It's Jill's out of the room, and Tim is talking with the kids about what they got her for her birthday. And I loved this interplay between Tim and Randy and Brad, uh, because Tim is like... Taking them to task. Like, he's a little... His pride is hurt that he hasn't found the right gift for her yet. And Brad and Randy are like, oh, we got her this awesome thing. And Tim becomes a child himself in this moment. Where he's like, oh, yeah, what'd you get her? And they're like, we got her some perfume. He's like, oh, yeah, you're really going to like that. You know, uh, the size of the perfume that they got is the, the gigantic. Tre- the Treasure Island perfume, which is like a... It's it's a massive, like, crystal decanter. Yeah. It is probably I don't know how to describe the dimensions, but it's probably like tw- like a foot 
Like, yeah, I'd say probably half a foot in radius. Di- yeah. And it's kind of diamond-shaped. And, yeah. and and it's full of this liquid that looks like... Licorice liqueur almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Jaeger. It looks like yeah, uh, it's it full does. of Jaeger. Yeah. And, uh, it probably smells and tastes like it, too, yeah. based on how people react to it. And as soon as they say it's Treasure Island uh, perfume, Tim starts going to all these pirate jokes. And, like, I kind of... I just loved that he's able to give them as much crap as he gets from them. Yeah. It's just a fun dynamic. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out the part where you mentioned that Tim makes pirate jokes, so people won't realize that I totally just stole Tim's <laughs> bit for my joke at the beginning. You know how many times I've done that on this podcast? Well, yeah, but but I I then don't go back and call out the fact that you were doing that. Fair. You gotta work. This is why I didn't get you anything for your birthday. <laughs> uh, oh my god! But yeah, there, there's like I feel like on other sitcoms, the the father is just affected. By the actions of the kids on the show. He's hapless. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know why I just picture Ray Romano just kind of... But it's so weird because I was just thinking about Ray Romano. Yeah, that, the twins and what... I I, it, you know, I haven't even watched Everybody Loves Raymond and I know more about that show than I should. I, I just feel like that's kind of a thing where, where there's a lot of these shows, at least in the later 90s, where the dad, like the kids are out of control and are stronger mm-hmm. than the dad and are constantly... After, like the dad is they're just like a, so they're just a down. force of nature, yeah. Versus being characters themselves, like the like the the whole comedy of the show is like, oh man, look at look at this guy. His wife is all crazy and henpecking yeah. him, and his kids are out of control and don't listen to him. And what are you gonna do? Right. It's a living, but uh, it's okay in the end because everybody loves Raymond. Oh, that was why they called it that. <laughs> I think they address that in the theme song of the show. It, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like, I, li- I live in Long Island with my family, but it's all okay, because everybody loves Raymond. I just repeated what you said. <laughs> Welcome to Truman Apes, everybody else's jokes. I ha- If I don't repeat what you say, what's my job on the podcast? The secret is that this podcast, it doesn't take two people to talk about home oh, improvement. It, it could just be one. I'm, I'm just here to repeat your, oh my your bits back to you. Yeah. Well, the rest of this uh, this scene is uh, when Jill comes down and there's the whole jazz. I'm never going to exercise again. And Tim's like really proud of this gym membership that he's gotten for yeah. her. And then he, as soon as she says that, he kind of folds it up and puts it in his pocket. And he's like, oh, I got you something really good, but I'm not going to tell you yeah. what it is yet. And they, Mark almost blurts it out and Tim covers his mouth and then starts singing Happy Birthday, which obviously ABC is going to have to start paying some... <laughs> royalties for that song well actually no now they're gonna get those royalties back because they found out like a year ago that technically the song is in the public domain oh there was a big copyright case and the people who said that they held the uh, it was a major thing they oh some documentation came out that no that the song actually was not copyrighted by these people and that it is a public domain like nursery rhyme so do they have to pay back any royalties that they ever received from the song i think so i mean it was i didn't read that deeply into it because i'm not super into the intricacies of copyright law but it, it it seems it seems like at least they can't charge people for it anymore wow so this feels like some sort of uh movie like uh some like what's the word uh, what like the end of the matrix when they're all freed <laughs> or, or like or when the berlin wall comes down and people can just sing happy birthday as one <laughs> I, I was thinking more like steve jobs biopic in the works Biopic? Biopic is what I meant to say. People go back and forth. They could be both of them. <laughs> well, well, like, how, how does this feel like a Steve Jobs biopic? Well, it's just like there's going to be some sort of uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin drama <laughs> about the, <laughs> the intricacies of the legalities of this song and the royalties and when it was a copyrighted, when it wasn't, you know, finding some sort of uh, marital strife to pepper it up a little bit. To, to pepper it up? Just, just, just like a good Caesar salad, you just want to pepper it up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I could see that being Aaron Sorkin's next project. It would just be called. Uh, it would either be called "Happy Birthday to You" or "And Many More" on Channel Four, uh, or something like that. I want to see it. Well, talk Aaron to Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We know you're listening. We know if there's. One... Just, that's our pitch to you. Yeah. Is is Air... Happy Birthday movie. Aaron Sorkin, and just, like, you do the math. You yeah. put the rest of it together. Because we're not good at math, apparently. Um, so we go from that scene into Tool Time, again, the on location. Now, this is kind of exciting. Yeah. This is our first um, real location. Yeah. Real-ish, I guess. I think, I'm probably sure it was, probably sure. It, it seems like, it looked <laughs> it like. It was on the studio. But... Yeah, well, because there's snow on the ground. I guess they yeah. didn't just go out to Burbank and shoot that, but. Well, they could have just peppered some stuff. I mean, they do demolish a house. Yeah, yeah, I guess they had some budget. I, uh, 
when when we first see this shot of the exterior of the house from the front yard, I will confess I almost shit myself because I thought we were finally seeing an establishing shot of the Taylor house. I know. <laughs> and I, I went crazy. I was like, Landon, it's happening! It's happening! We're all going to die! What does it mean? <laughs> and uh, then I realized, no, this is Ink's house. Yeah, Ink's house. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, Tim is still wearing his Timbo hat. Oh, I noticed. And I loved it. <laughs> yes, the Timbo hat, call back to episode four or something. Was, uh, somewhere around there, it was the... Um, uh, nothing more than feelings, which I think was episode five. Okay, where uh, the guy comes down from the audience. His name's Jimbo, and then he calls Tim Timbo, and Tim's like really into the nickname. And the next scene, Tim the, is wearing the Timbo helmet. I think it's the next next episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right. yeah, it doesn't even come back in until later. Yeah, you're so right. So that's a little little gift to people who are watching closely, and yeah. uh, and to all of you at home improvement, we noticed and we appreciate it. <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah. in the past. We're also introduced, and I don't think it ever comes back, but I'd be pleasantly surprised to find out differently. Uh, the Tool Time Truck, Blood, Sweat, and Gears. Which, which was a great 70s horn band. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's like a lifted Ford F-150 with Tool Time decals on yeah. it. and Snow chains on its tires. Yeah, which is good. you got to practice proper safety, even <laughs> yeah. on the soundstage with the fake snow. Yeah, that... though it, it probably really dug up the, the sidewalk when he backed up into the house. Ooh, yeah, that was probably, well, you know, he also destroyed half the house. So yeah, was... exactly. That's going to be a hefty little uh, price tag for Benford on that one. You've got a lawn, you've got uh, the sidewalk to re-concrete, you've got the banisters on the front door. Uh, although they did bust a big enough hole that they can expand the living room, so I guess job... Done? Yeah, well, and also there's repairs to the truck, too, and then all, oh, you imagine right. that the production insurance, the premiums are going to go up for this, uh, or how do you even continue to insure a production like Tool Time? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they have, I mean, the whole point that he makes is that they're just going to cart away the debris in yeah. this truck, and then Tim jumps in. Yeah. And uh, and then backs up into the house. Um, well, yeah, he, he is bragging about how he's modded up this truck so much and how Al, you know, if it had been Al doing it, it would have been a moped and a skateboard. Right. And then, yeah, he, he hits the gas on the truck and the truck just races backwards into the house. But it's not like... It's like he, he... It takes like three or four seconds for the truck to get there. Tim yeah. totally would have had time to, to stop. stop. Yeah, yeah right. it's It's as though he starts going backwards and is like, well, I'm already going in that direction. I may as well just go the whole hog. Which, you know... Thinking back to the when he put the sledgehammer through the wall, um, I wonder if he's doing this intentionally for some reason. He's doing the the mess ups intentionally. It's cry for help. Could be, yeah, yeah. Maybe someone teach me how to improve homes. Yeah, or it could just be as we talked about in Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble that he's cursed, and that even though he recognizes and has enough time to technically stop it. His curse prevents him from doing so. I could see that. It's a, a real drag me to hell situation. He's just kind of <laughs> condemned to yes. to always. Uh, he, he should he should have just had that gypsy woman as a guest on Home Improvement when she wanted to come on. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alas. So we we can't waste any more time. We got to no, get into this really special scene, the department store. Oh yes, the department store. Yes. So after crashing the truck. They inexplicably go to a department store to buy a gift for uh, Tim's Jill. wife. Yeah, he's taken... Uh, Tim has brought Al with him into this... Uh, the female section of... Female female clothing section of um, this department store. Mm -hmm. And almost immediately, the staff start to recognize Al. And Al's playing real coy. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've never been here before. I just feel sort of uncomfortable yeah. in the women's section. And then the cashier goes, hi, Al. Is it Patricia Richardson? <laughs> it sounds just like her to me. Uh, no, multiple saleswomen recognize him, and ultimately the dark truth comes out. Well, that he goes to this department store, among other places, uh, to meet women. Uh, do you have the list of other places he goes? The other places he goes are... Bookstores. Uh, wait, is it bookstores? No. Art galleries. Yeah laundromats, and immigration. And so in Detroit, I would assume that means he's meeting a lot of Canadians come over from <laughs> Windsor. Uh, but yeah, he goes... But the, the bit of information that I found weird in this scene is that toward the end of it, this woman comes up to Al, this kind of older woman, and she's carrying um, a bigger... Oh, no, 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 she's just carrying a clipboard. I forgot. Mm, Al yeah. was the one that held up the big dress. Yeah. But she's just carrying a clipboard, 
and says something about the the plus size women section. And Al says, well, my mother was a big woman. And then there's just a really long silence between him and Tim. And myself. <laughs> it, it was it was an odd moment. I, no, I couldn't get a read on that. Like, so he's there looking for women, and this woman is mentioning the big woman section, and Al says, my mom was a big woman. I'm led to believe that he's looking for a woman in the shadow of his mother. Yeah. A, a woman of... of uh, the proportion shared by Ink's wife, maybe. Yeah. Which is an interesting call. Maybe that's why he became so uh, deer in headlights during the Ink episode, where he's like, does this guy know my, my deepest, darkest secret? I have like a, you know... A fetish for... Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then, then uh, not a moment later, a very svelte and attractive young saleswoman <laughs> comes over... And, and, God, what, what, she somehow reveals that she's unmarried. Yeah, no, she goes, uh, would you like to try our new fragrance? And he goes, what's it called? She goes, available. Yeah. <laughs> and he, well, no, there's even, she says even before that that she's unmarried and, and Al chokes. And then she comes over to him and says, oh, would you like to try it? Yeah. And then asks, offers the fragrance. And when he says, what's the fragrance? Oh, yeah, I was Tim, thinking, Tim asks, uh, what do you get your wife? And oh, yeah. She oh, goes, oh, I don't know. I'm not what, married. What does your husband get you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. What does your husband get you? Oh, I'm not married. Uh, Al freaks out. Knocks she... the wig off the dummy next to him, which was really funny to me. And she comes over and says, would you like to try a new fragrance? And he says, what's it called? And my immediate thought is, oh, Treasure Island. Boom. Full circle. And she instead she says, available, and smiles yeah. at him. So I don't know how Al is having any trouble meeting women. Yeah, because no. it seemed... Like how is he single? Women are throwing themselves at Seriously, him. He's doing okay for for this, you know, for it, being a single dude. Even if it's not leading to anything, I yeah. would hope that there's at least you know, the, the, on the HBO version of this, there would be a, a scene in a changing room or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, wouldn't okay. That's the new spinoff I want to do. It's like it's like Sex in the City, except it's all about Al and and just taking place in all the scenes where he's not with Tim. <laughs> it would be called. Uh, um, um, sawdust in the suburbs. <laughs> oh, and, okay. One other thing in this, in this, so they're trying to find a dress for Jill, mm-hmm. and they're they're both puzzling over how women's dress sizes work. Al is measuring them with his tape measure and and can't figure anything out. And then Al suggests, "Well, why don't you get her some lingerie?" And it's like, "Hey, pal, maybe that's not a thing you should suggest that a guy should get for his wife." And Tim's reaction is, "Oh yeah, Jill loves lingerie." And I'm like, what? Really? What? Just just nothing about Jill strikes me as being super gung ho about lingerie. No, not the fact that they want to go screw almost every single episode. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like like I get it if it's like lingerie is like, oh, we're gonna make this experience super sure, special yeah, and hot. Right. And Jill is like, do do me in the boiler room. I don't care. <laughs> Jill's, it's just gonna Jill's be dirty. Just going commando at any given time. Yeah, or just like just with normal utilitarian underwear that can then be taken off for sex purposes. <laughs> I, I, he, I don't know, man. It's like I just don't. When I picture sitcom wife who loves lingerie, I don't yeah. think of Jill Taylor. That's that's fair. Uh, we you know to each their own. But, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't look under my mattress. I I, I certainly <laughs> won't. We're we've got to stop recording in your bedroom, man. There's too too many memories, too many secrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's one last thing I want to touch on in this store scene mm-hmm. with the immigration. Uh, it occurred to me. Immigration, Russian spy, mail order bride? Oh. Or maybe Al, the way he got into the country is he's a mail order husband. Oh. To Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. See? That's it. Lisa's in on the game, too. Why did she disappear after two seasons? Why did she disappear in a matter of four episodes? I have seen her in forever. The truck gets more screen time (laughs) in this episode than Lisa has had in the past four. It's true. Uh, you know, they never show Lisa demolishing an entire building. Yeah. I really think, like, she's going to have to make up for all of, like, season two is going to have to be Lisa heavy yeah. to make up for how little she's been in season and one. And I doubt that that's going to happen considering she leaves because she didn't, she wasn't given enough to do. Yeah, that that was the reason? Yeah. Oh, well, it makes sense. She was given plenty to do on Baywatch. Yeah, that's Just true. Lots of running, at least. <laughs> um. Yeah, then we get a little Wilson scene, which, you know, didn't have... A whole lot 
this week. It, it was found it interesting that Wilson knew when Jill's birthday was, and Tim didn't. No, Wilson is all knowing. Is this yeah. a surprise to us? Yeah, no. The the best thing to come out of the Wilson scene is that he says, you know, Tim is asking him for advice what to get Jill. Wilson says, "Well, I got a, I got a story about that, Tim." And Tim says, oh, "I don't have time for a story, Wilson." And Wilson says, "Well, Tim, what is time except for Tim with an E?" <laughs> and you know, it doesn't make a lick of sense, but he's right. It, do, it does not apply to Tim's time <laughs> it, it crunch. Does, it would hold up in court, technically, but uh, and, logically, and literally, not so much. Yeah, it's not, it's not just a technicality. The, like time is spelled T I M E, but who <laughs> we've ran the numbers, it checks out. We've ran yeah. the letters. Yeah, and so he Wilson tells Tim he kind of guides him back into this place that he kind of knew from the beginning, which is what Jill's been telling him the whole time: get her something from the heart, listen to that inner voice. And find what it tells you about Jill. Yeah. And it does, as always. Wilson's magic leads Tim to his solution. Santa Claus helps. <laughs> I was I was like, yeah, why don't you call on your brother on this one? Yeah. Just, like, get him, get St. Nick down here with his uh, magical bag of uh, presents. and He's on vacation in January. So, he, is, yeah. he is just ass deep in hookers and blow. You would be, yeah, you definitely would be, uh, if you were Santa, January would be like your... Bermuda month. I think January through June, honestly. <laughs> How long can it take to make all those toys yeah, anymore? I don't know. Well, I think that's the elves. Anyway, the yeah. workshop runs itself, I would assume. Exactly. <laughs> you just got to show up on December 25th. You got to hire... Th- yeah, well, yeah, just hire some good managers. And, yeah. and then really, I think Santa's more of a figurehead for the organization yeah, than anything. Exactly. He's just an icon. It's really the brand. I mean, it's it's like it's it's like Best Food bought Hellman's Mayonnaise, but they didn't change the name of it because right. everyone knew Hellman's was good. Yeah, exactly. So even though the mayonnaise in the thing is Best Food's Mayonnaise, it's called Hellman's. And that's the same with how Santa's workshop operates. <laughs> I like mayonnaise, Landon. Did you know that? I'm a white guy who likes mayonnaise. You heard of that before? <laughs> oh, that's just too white to touch. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. Other sitcom jokes. Oh. Uh, um, so what does what does Wilson lead Tim to finally get Jill for her birthday? He leads uh Tim, to get Jill what in any other time period would basically be a PowerPoint slideshow, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a toolbox, and yeah. she opens it up, and it's got a picture of her with birthday girl written on it, and a little song, like, happy birthday plays, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet, and then she appreciates it for a second, and then Tim reaches in and pulls out a VHS tape, which he plugs into the VCR, and it's just, he's taken a, uh, the camera in the garage and kind of panned it over a bunch of old pictures of yeah. Jill, and an old picture of of him as a teenager, which, God, I hope that is a picture of Tim oh, Allen. Oh, it 100% 16. was. God, it was good. <laughs> little, little, did, little did we know it was ahead for him, whether it be drug trafficking or international superstardom. Right. right. Uh, so we pan over all these pictures, and also Tim has taped over yeah. Spartacus. So there's... Back in the analog days of editing where you actually had to press the pause button on the camcorder in order to change a shot. Yeah, man, I th- these are things I missed out on completely. That's how we edited our first movie. Doesn't oh, matter. That's oh. not a part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so he pans over all these sweet things, and he's sitting there with Jill on the couch, and uh, there's a sweet song playing, and it's a uh, every little Joe Cocker playing. You yeah. are so beautiful to me. Yeah, it was a sweet little moment. Yeah. Do you have anything else here? I I, I don't have anything else. No. I did notice there's a Godzilla figure that Mark got that uh, remote-controlled dinosaur sitting oh, in the yeah. background of one of the shots, but I don't know what that's apropos of anything. Well, I don't know why he's not playing with it. He yeah. wanted it so just much. just sitting on the, the fireplace. Santa Claus gave it to you, dude. You should be using this thing. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, in the outtakes, we get um, uh, this, like, Michael... We've talked in the past about how this show is kind of the Michael Bay of sitcoms. Yeah. We get one of the alternate angles of the uh, truck backing up into the house that... You know, I'm assuming it's one of those seven camera angles. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah get, get as many as you can on, on that. Only have to break the house once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So. I, I think I think that's all. Well, and the only other thing, there's a little stinger uh, before we get to that uh, outtake where it's just Tim picks up the pirate's booty. Or not the pirate's booty. That's a form of, uh, that's a form of popcorn. Oh, snack. yeah. I did want to, I did want to talk about this. Okay. The, the treasure, treasure, uh, Island. treasure Island perfume. Yeah. He spills a little bit of it on the counter and then starts to wipe it up. And all of a sudden it starts smoking immensely. Yeah. Uh, and another kind of like alternate, not real reality moment where it like burnt, like kind of a xenomorph spit 
yeah, acid yeah. through the counter or whatever. It, it goes right through this uh, napkin. Yeah. And it occurred to me, last time we talked about this uh, was when Mark got sucked into the vacuum almost. And he's like holding onto the door frame. And during the, the episode where she was uh, trying to write her speech. Mm-hmm. Right before that happened that with Mark, there was a scene of her kind of falling asleep in bed. And we speculated that maybe it was all a daydream of hers. Yeah. So what happens right before this scene is that she's nuzzling up to Tim on the couch late at night. Maybe, and she obviously hates this perfume that Brad yeah. and Randy, oh, which yeah. we didn't even t- touch on, really. Yeah, she they, they goad her into putting some on, and it, like, burns her neck as she puts it. She hates it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe this is another dream of hers, where she hates the thing so much, but has so much guilt over it, and uh, this, this scene is all playing out in a dream. What if... That first dream is still happening in all of the show past her. Like, like the, the season finale, the series finale ends, and we, like, executive producer's names fade to black, and then Jill just kind of wakes up, gets off the bed, and she's like, Honey, it's time to give your speech. She's like, No! <laughs> wakes up in bed next to Bob Newhart. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, God. Millennials are really going to get that joke. We should be so lucky to wake up in bed next to Bob Newhart. (laughs) Uh, You're telling me. Um, All right. Well, the the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is gruntworkpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it wherever you can. It really helps others uh, find us. Uh, Plus, every time you share us, you get exempted from your weekly 90s sitcom podcast tax. Uh, on our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter in order to receive notifications whenever a new episode is available and whatever exclusive content that we can come up with that week. Uh, you can also follow us on all the various social media places at GruntworkPod. Uh, with that, Landon, do you know what time it is? Time to slip and slide. Slip and slide tr- outro transition. Outro <laughs> transition.